Support for the Trailblazers.fm podcast comes from the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, a national membership network that reminds us there's no cavalry coming to save the day in our communities. We are the iconic leaders we've been waiting for, the curators of the change we're seeking to see. To learn more about the groundbreaking work of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, visit tbpod.com slash achievement. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, Blazing Nation? So, guys, it's official. We finally crossed the 100,000 downloads threshold this past week. And I'm so excited, right? I've said this before to you guys that it's never been about the download numbers, right? But what those numbers actually represent. And so, you know, as I'm reflecting on this milestone, that represents 100,000 people who have now downloaded our content and listened to stories and journeys and failures and challenges and success and wisdom and mission fuel, right? And this happened across 110 plus countries around the world spread out over 116 episodes as of today. And we've been able to bring impact, right? And influence others to rise above and go way beyond to blaze their trail. And so I just wanted to say a quick big ups because I really appreciate each and every last one of you who subscribe and listen and share these episodes with your friends and your family and your colleagues. means the world to me. I genuinely appreciate all the love and support. So Our featured guest for today is an amazing woman by the name of Kiana Murray. And Kiana is a sponsorship strategist whose mission is to teach entrepreneurs how to fund their dreams through sponsorships. So whether you're a solopreneur or a small business, Kiana is determined, right? She helps more entrepreneurs go from what she calls break even to bankroll in their businesses and in their lives. And most of us, especially if we're we're solopreneurs, we think that we are sometimes too small to go after, right? To go after those sponsorships. And I discovered through this conversation that that's simply not true. Kiana goes in and shares some inside scoop on why more of us should tap into this $64 billion sponsorship industry and make sponsorships part of our strategy for increasing our income. In our conversation, She also shares strategy on how to successfully reach out to potential sponsors for our products and podcasts and events and services. And she opens up on some of the pitfalls that we need to be able to work to avoid as well. So if you're listening and this is your first time as a listener on Trailblazers, I just want to say thank you so very much for tuning in and checking us out today. I welcome you as a new member to our community that I affectionately call the Blazer Nation. And our only ask is that you would share this episode or an episode, I should say, with one person that you think would be impacted most by that content, by that guest. I invite you to share this up right now as well, Kiana's episode. If you do share this on social media, I would encourage you to tag me. You can find me at TVPod or at Stephen A. Hart. I will definitely add my retweet and share love on your post if you do decide to share. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, IG, and LinkedIn. So 
definitely connect with me there. I love to put a face to the listener, right? And connect with those in our community who find our content of value. So that said, let's get go ahead and get set right now to receive some mission fuel from our featured guest today, Kiana Murray. Enjoy. Kiana, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on with us tonight. Thank you so much. I feel so honored to have been invited. Thank you. Absolutely. So you're introduced to me by Elaine Fluker of girlonpodcast.com. I just wanted to say thank you so much to Elaine for this kind introduction. And so Kiana, you know, as we do with all our guests Mm -hmm. on the podcast, I love to start things off from a place of gratitude. And I thought we could maybe kick things off with you having you maybe share an unexpected blessing that you're most grateful for right now. You know what? Honestly, I am most grateful for my husband. I know Mm -hmm. we're talking business, but truly to have someone who fully supports you, who lets you be as crazy as you need to be one minute, the highs and lows that sits right beside you, holds your hand and tells you everything's going to be okay. Let me tell you something that makes my life like it really does. It gives me life. Amen. Support from my, my husbands and my dads. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I feel that <laughs> <laughs> I'm living that life right now. As we <laughs> so I know you're a speaker and a growth strategist, but how would you describe Kiana if we were seated at a friend's dinner table meeting for the first time? I'm the person who is going to laugh all night. I'm the person who is going to, you know, forget where I sat, you know, my cup because I'm so busy talking to everybody else. I'm the person who is also going to help you clean up because I feel like, you know, if you did such an honorable thing by inviting me into your space, I want to leave it as amazing as it was when I arrived. But also more than anything, I'm someone who really loves people. And so I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. When you're mad, I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, let's just fold our arms together. But then we're going to have to get over this. You know, (laughs) I'm that person. (laughs) Yes. Or kindred spirits. Love it. So I believe you grew up in DC and then you moved to Maryland, right? Yes, 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 yes. So tell us a little something interesting about growing up in a DMV. Oh, you know what? This is really an amazing place because I grew up with a lot of empowerment about being just, you know, black in America. I grew up with that. I grew up with embracing, you know, our roots all the way back, whether it's to Africa, whether, you know, there was someone Asian there and it's to Asia, wherever. Like I really grew up with a lot of self-love and self-empowerment. And I think it's because we live in this, you know, micro area where it's nothing for me to literally drive a block up and see million dollar homes and drive another block over and see people who are, you know, trying to build up to that point. It's an amazing area. But more than anything, what it taught me is that really, you know, having goals and working toward those goals really can make things happen for you and open up things that you never would have imagined. Mm -hmm. So true. You know, I've lived here for 10 going on 11 years. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that, you know, right now at the time we're recording this episode, we're entering spring season, though winter seems like it just won't go away. (laughs) Right? But it's one of my favorite seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. I love the blossoms. I love the freshness of the season. Yes. 
and I love the symbolism, right, yes. of the trees giving new life. Yes. And it's like it's a reminder that occasionally we have to shed the dead leaves of our lives yes. and go through our winter seasons to allow for the experience of growth and giving birth to new life, yes. right? So I, I really enjoy that time of the year. And to your point, I mean, this is a beautiful area to see black power and black success Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Sometimes it skews kind of our perception of what's happening in the rest of the country, right? We're reminded when we're not in this type of environment of the melting pot that we have right here. So, you know, today you're a business growth strategist that you help women entrepreneurs land sponsorships for their businesses and their events and their products and services. And I'm interested in hearing what drew you to this line of work. Well, you know what? It's really interesting because when I first delved in or or got a taste of sponsorship, I was a broke college student. I had no money, (laughs) but you know, I was responsible for hosting events at the university. And so it started out with me just like begging, you know, companies to send, you know, like the radio station, send your street team, (laughs) you know, the corporations to send people who could come and speak to us, you know, all of these different things. And as I, you know, you graduate, you do what you're quote unquote supposed to do, which is get a job. And, you know, I never just kind of let this go. I always felt like I was called to be in business. And over the time of helping other entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses, there was always this piece where it was like this miss, this gap. And, you know, people would say, you know, I really want to move. I want to host events. I want to do all these things. But my goodness, it can cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. And so I was like, no, it doesn't have to, you know, and so (laughs) over time, it just became one of those things where I was able to really help these entrepreneurs leverage these relationships with corporations so that they could grow their businesses even bigger. Mm. Wow. You know, as a brand strategist myself, I love that you have targeted your platform and your focus is on women entrepreneurs, right? Yes. Why do you care about solving this problem that you're you're working on? And specifically, why have you niched in on women entrepreneurs? Well, you know, the biggest thing for me is always, I was always the little kid who was not the quote unquote traditional girl. I was bossy. I was outside racing with the boys. I was, you know, rolling around the grass. I was doing all of these things. And my whole life, people would say to me, you know, okay, that's not how a girl behaves. That's not how a girl behaves. You know, you need to apologize more. You need to be a little bit more soft-spoken. Don't be so rough. And, you know, as I grew up, I was like, you know, that's some crap. You know, women are basically raised, especially, you know, in this country to be, you know, these, to always give to others and just be happy with whatever's left over for us. And I was like, you know what? That is just not going to work for me. You know, I feel like women can go out, they can you know, conquer the world and still be loving, still be amazing people, still give to others. But we don't have to kind of just wait for the table scraps. We can go out there, you know, and do what it is we want to do. And so I found that a lot of entrepreneurs brought those sa- women entrepreneurs bought those same you know, stories that they were told into their business. And I'm like, let me tell you something. You don't see powerhouses like Oprah waiting for someone to come knock on her door. No, she goes out and she gets it, you know, and it's even more higher stakes once you have a family, you know, once you have a mortgage, you know, all of these different things, 
that we do as we adult, you know, the stakes get higher. And so at that point, we need to really, if you want to be in business, you've got to do business. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I don't know if it's because I'm now a husband and a father of a young daughter, mm-hmm. but my feminist gene. Yeah. <laughs> right in, didn't it? Uh, oh my gosh. Like, you know, if, if my daughter dares to say like, you know, this guy is stronger, he should, I'm like, no, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> yep. You know? yeah. and, and likewise, with my wife, you know, I believe she can run the, the company she works yes. for, right? Like, I'm like, you are the best person there. <laughs> I love it. Yes. You know, and I find it interesting, right? We're recording this episode on April 10th mm-hmm. for everyone listening, which happens to be equal pay yes. day. And this day gives a voice to the pay gap between men and women. For those listening, you know, women actually get 80 cents for every dollar that a man earns. And it's even worse if you're a woman oh, of color. Yes. It's a real issue, right? For all women, especially for those in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about women entrepreneurs and you've helped hundreds of them. And I'm, I'm curious to know what's the biggest challenge that you think women entrepreneurs specifically are facing right now? Hands down, charging what they're worth. Mm. They, you know, we tend to want to hook somebody up, help somebody out. You know, I'm just in it because I love what I do. Yeah, but are you going to be loving it when you can't, you know, eat, when there's no heat, when there's no electricity, you know, mm-hmm. it really is charging what they're worth. And then not only that, but feeling comfortable enough to charge what they're worth. Wow. You know, as he said, at this podcast, our sponsor is our sponsoring partner is a campaign for Black Male Achievement. Yes. And can I remember sitting quietly for, for months, right? I actually interviewed the CEO of the campaign for Black Male Achievement, Sean Dove, months prior, probably six months prior to him, you know, reaching out one day mm-hmm. and basically offering to be a sponsoring partner on it. And it's crazy because at the time I was looking at industry benchmarks for whatever metrics, right? Downloads and reach. And, and I got caught up thinking we were too small mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. to meet that ask. Yep. And I'm sure I'm not the only one with this limiting mindset, right? right? And I wanted to pick your brain and hear your thoughts on why so many of us think we're too small to go after sponsorships and partnerships for our businesses. Because the people that we see who are broadcasting that this is you know, part of their business model are people who have been in business so much longer. They have you know, grown following because they've been in business longer. A lot of times they have a bigger platform. And so we think we have to wait until we get there to have the same value and be able to command the same type of dollars that they command. And it puts us in this mindset of an us and them. And especially when you're talking about people of color who for so long, anything we work toward was taken right back from us. There is this innate fear of, you know, really putting yourself out there because immediately the first thing that a lot of people think is, well, once I get known, everybody's going to be coming for me. And, you know, yeah, there will be people who come for you, but it's not going to be the way that you think it's going to be. Because while you're also building, you know, your name and more and more people know you who, you know, may try to come for your platform, they're going to be other people who are standing right beside you advocating for you. So a lot of times we see and we fear what could be. And then when we get there, we realize, oh, this is nothing. This is not so bad, you know. And that's one of those things that really, you know, 
as entrepreneurs, we've really got to get our minds right about because we've got to stop working to try to avoid the fear or try to maneuver around fear and just like bust right through that thing. Because once you do, you realize, okay, and every time you exercise that muscle that combats fear, it gets easier the next time and easier the next time. I mean, it's always going to come up, but it's going to get a lot easier to just be like, okay, yeah, all right, I'm nervous, but I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the nature of business, yeah, right? <laughs> entrepreneurship. So from your experience, mm-hmm. could you maybe talk to what corporate sponsors generally are seeking, right? Is it more reach and awareness or from your experience, are they going after a quality engagement, right? Yes. Or is it some other key metric? Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's to make money, of course. But a lot of what they're putting their focus on now is influencer marketing. Because what has happened is, you know, we have gotten so saturated with commercials, with, you know, billboards, with all, you know, a lot of that. And so people are starting to tune that out. You know, you can now on your browser put that you don't see any ads. You can do that. You know, so it's that type of thing. People are finding creative ways to not have to be so inundated with marketing materials. So what Mm-hmm. corporations have figured out is by going through influencers, they're getting the quality, really ultimately it's making the dollars and the brand loyalty that comes first that makes people want to spend the dollars there. And so going through an influencer is what's opening the door to a better quality engagement and then brand loyalty and then dollars, you know, in the bank. Is as you say now, I'm wondering, is it is it possible to have too many sponsors or too many influencers? you know, that you are in a relationship with, what's a good number then to make sure you're not diluting that, that service? You know what? I always say from a corporate perspective, you want to make sure that the different influencers that you have all, if you put them in a room to get along, you know, they may Mm. not be, you know, necessarily have the same platform or the same, you know, ideal market, but ultimately they play nice together. Because most people, once they get sponsorship, they don't just get it from one company. As an entrepreneur trying to get sponsorship, what you really want to look at is what's going to be too much saturation for your community. Because remember, your community is your leverage. And so if they start to see you as a walking billboard for every single cause, every single company, they start to tune you out. Right. You know, and, and you know, it's interesting because I um I think of myself as Trailblazer's number one consumer. Mm-hmm. And I am big on making sure that like for the campaign for black male achievement, it just felt like a natural yes. connection. Yes. Right. But I'm always because I consume podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, I listen to probably a dozen different podcasts. Yep. And I'm always turned off listening to a podcast oh. and then you hear an ad. That has absolutely zero connection exactly. to the content and value to me, really. Exactly. And I always pray that God would never let me want to take exactly. money over, you know, providing that value, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sometimes always like aware of that mm-hmm. and cautious, maybe too cautious mm-hmm. to not bring on the wrong relationship. No, and I don't think you're too cautious. I think that you're doing it exactly right. Because a lot of times, you know, think about the mindset of an entrepreneur. We really want to, we're in business because we want to live a certain lifestyle and we want to do good work. And so what happens after someone has been in business for a while, they get a little fatigued 
And so it's easier to just take those sponsorship dollars than to have to take on five or six new clients. And so they start to trade, you know, the relationship with the greater community for this one relationship with the sponsor. But truly, you know, I also, you know, have to side eye the sponsor because I'm like, why would you want to be on, you know, a platform or back an influencer that isn't going to bring you any return on your investment? So, you know, then that really, you know, it gives me big pause too. Right, right. So I'm sure this process, right, you're an entrepreneur yourself. And this is a process that you've learned from probably applying it to your own platform. And now for hundreds of clients, right? And for every entrepreneur or our process is never one that's a straight rise to success. So I'd love to maybe unpack, you know, what are some of the best and hardest parts of your lifestyle? And maybe if you could talk to us about Maybe one of the biggest challenges or failures and what that taught you in the process. Oh my goodness. Yes. Let me tell you how much time do we have? Cause let me- <laughs> <laughs> because you know, one of the things that I really pride myself on being is transparent mm-hmm. and you know, I will be honest early on in my entrepreneurial journey, I did a lot of leaping before I looked because I was like, I know I have this calling. Mm. And so I went in, marched into my manager's office, put in my two weeks notice, went home. (laughs) So excited, told my husband, Hey, you know, I quit my job. And he was just like, what now? (laughs) Like what the, (laughs) you know? And, you know, I struggled and it wasn't pretty. I mean, I'm talking, you know, struggled to the point where, you know, I bankrupted my family, you know, because I kept saying, no, I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to do this. And, you know, there is something to be said about a calling and a purpose, but there is also something to be said about works. You know, that's why, you know, see people and they're successful. It's not because they just had this calling and this purpose. No, it's because they put some work in, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I had to pack it up. I had to go back and I had to get a job and it was humiliating for me. Now, mind you, people around me could care less. They were just like, oh, okay, you're not a business. Okay, you back to work. All right. You know, but for me, it felt like a huge failure because I'd wasted so much time, so much money. And then, you know, other resources like, you know, my sanity, you know, I was emotionally just spent and I had two young children, you know, and so these were things that I had to learn you know, yes, if you feel that entrepreneurial bug is biting you and you know that you're meant to do it, you still have to put systems in place to be able to manage. And, you know, it doesn't, there's nothing to be taken away from going back and getting a job if your business is failing, because sometimes just getting your finances in order will free up other mental energy for you to be really successful. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with starting it on the side until it's ready and then shifting into full time. And, you know, so a lot of times, you know, I tell people, you know, do it. If you're going to follow anything I say, follow my processes. Do not follow my pattern because I had a lot of failures starting out and I did those things and I bring those things to life so that you don't have to. I love that. I love that. Follow my process. Don't follow my pattern. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. So. Let's get into the meat of the pie and maybe talk. I saw you share a statistic that this is a $64 billion industry with sponsorships, right? Um, Maybe we could talk a little bit about the strategies that we can employ to begin to tap into that space. Absolutely. Absolutely. First things first, if you know that you want to 
you know, incorporate sponsorship into your business, whether you have an event business, whether you're a creative, whether you have services, whether you do products, whether you do some type of speaking, like a show, like a podcast, you know, some type of web show. The first thing you want to do is you really want to inventory your business because here's the thing. You are basically selling a piece of your business, if that makes any sense. Now, granted, mm-hmm. they're not going to own it, but they are going to have some input into how at least their portion of the partnership goes. And so you want to sit down and you want to really write out every single thing you're doing in your business. And by that, I'm not just saying, you know, overall, okay, I do, and I use myself as an example, overall, basically what I am as a consultant. No, you need to write down every single product that you offer, every single Mm -hmm. service that you offer, because from a sponsorship perspective, it's a lot easier to really nail down and do one specific thing at a time than to try to go out and get like your whole brand sponsored. You know, that may work for a, you know, an Oprah, but when you're a smaller business and you're really trying to get known among the sponsorship circles, you really want to be able to have a specific thing that you want to get sponsored. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, it's interesting, as you said, that I think about even with the podcast, I think, again, coming back to it, so many of us tie ourselves to the metric of downloads. But what I found of value as I got into and through this first year of our relationship, I was able to drive an equal amount of clicks Mm -hmm. to my sponsor from social media, just the same as actual people clicking from the episode reference link. Right. So, you know, because I am very, very active in Twitter, right? I post almost 200 tweets a week. So I'm, you know, putting out so much content and I never process that as inventory. Oh, yeah. In that light, like, you know, my social media reach Mm -hmm. is also an advantage to a potential partnership Mm -hmm. in, in the light of podcasts, you know, but great point to kind of inventory. So what else would you care to share on that side? Sure, sure. So, you know, once you've inventoried and you know what it is you have to offer, and by that, mm-hmm. I just mean you know, what you are going to get sponsored, then the next thing you need to do is you need to really look at the type of corporations that will bring value to your community. Because a lot of times, like you said earlier, there's this huge disconnect and it's like, you know, a business podcast. And then all of a sudden you see this commercial, you hear this commercial that has to do with, you know, lighting a candle. And it's like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you know, right. And it disrupts the flow. And then the person feels like, you know, they got to get themselves back on track. So you want to find corporations that are going to fit seamlessly in your community, because they're also going to want direct access to your people. And so you don't want disruptors coming in. You want companies that are going to bring value and that carry your same values, you know, and there there are companies that I would never partner with, not because they're bad companies, but because we don't have the same values. You know, I am not like, if you look at my brand, I always say I'm such a PG brand, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. use profanity. I don't, you know, that's not something. So would I wouldn't feel comfortable with, you know, a sponsor coming in and, you know, tearing it up. It would shock my people. They'd probably be, I mean, even though they probably hear it on other things, they don't expect that from me. And so that's what you need to look at companies that would fit within your community. And then from there, once you've inventoried and you know what it is that, you know, you have to offer and you've looked at those companies, 
then you know what? Get in their space. You know, follow them on social media. If they're going to be at an event, go start up a conversation with, you know, the person who's sitting behind the desk or, you know, sitting in the audience, you know, just say hello. Because a lot of times we look at these corporations and we see, you know, a Coca-Cola, but what really we should be seeing is a Jane for marketing. Yes. You know, <laughs> she, you know, regardless of where she goes, if you create a relationship with her and it's a brand that's going to, you know, fit within, you know, your community, she will bring you with her. Yes. So true. And just like I said, I mean, I never solicited my mm-hmm. partnership, my partnering sponsor. That was our relationship, yes. just as you've said that, you know, seeded and developed over the course of a year. And then now, you know, this is our second year in that type of a relationship, I which is amazing it. and a blessing. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So anything to share before we move on? Let me tell you, there's so much, but <laughs> I'm trying not to overwhelm people. <laughs> but also, and I want to say this, never think that two things, never assume you know what a potential sponsor wants, mm-hmm. because let me tell you something, what you see them, you know, marketing today is probably not what they're going to be marketing six months from now. When yes. you need the sponsorship. So please don't ever go there and say, you know, Hey, I put together this proposal and I'm going to send it. And you've never talked to anybody there because that's going to go over like a lead balloon. So <laughs> definitely <laughs> communicate with them first. You know, like you said, build that relationship. And the second thing Never think that you're too small because understand there are many types of sponsorships. And sometimes a sponsor wants an entrepreneur with an engaged community of 500 because they're thinking about releasing a product and they're not sure that they want to take it to the larger market, but you're perfect for them because that's 500 people. How really widespread is 500 people going to, you know, are they really going to, you know, spoil the launch? Right. Probably not. So never think you don't have anything to offer. You always, always, always have something to offer. Wow. I love that. So let me ask you a question. What are the most difficult types of sponsors to negotiate with? (laughs) Uh, You know what? The most difficult types, I would say, are the corporations that spend a lot of time with your sporting type of organizations. Mm. And the reason why is because, and I'm just going to be honest, it's very male dominating. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times as a woman and a minority period, you have to walk in ready to prove, you know, because sports is so very white male centered, especially in this country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you coming in there knowing your stuff and telling them, Hey, this is what I want. And they say, you know, well, we've worked with, you know, the NFL or we've worked with, you know, all these different organizations. You then have to pretty much one, educate them on how to partner with an entrepreneur, because a lot of times those larger organizations, you know, it's, they're used to the proxies. Big yeah, they're two proxies that they've sent. So now you're educating them on your value. And then second of all, you are going to have to help them see that, believe it or not, a smaller investment will still yield a result because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sending millions and millions to one company, you know, and you're coming to them asking for 25,000. And sometimes they may be like, ah, that's not even worth our time because it's too little. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, just, I would say those organizations, like Visa, for example, NFL heavy are the prime sponsor of the NFL. 
very difficult to, you know, get in front of them because, you know, they have that relationship and they're making their money through that. So a lot of times they're like, eh, nah, right. <laughs> we'll pass. That makes sense. So, you know, earlier we talked about building relationship, right? Yes. And seeding that connection. How long after you've developed a relationship should you wait to pitch and also maybe follow up with that potential partner? Honestly, if you're upfront, you can do it immediately. Like normally what I have, the process that I take my clients through, and here you go, guys, here's some behind the scenes information. Normally the process that I take my clients through is I tell them, you know, once they've identified a company, I tell them to start reaching out to people there just to get to know, you know, what it is that their objectives and goals are for the next quarter or if it's mm. going to be next year, next year. And a lot of times mm. they'll tell you that information because most of these companies are publicly traded. So it's published somewhere anyway. Right. But then, you know, if you go to them and you say, I'm asking you these questions because I'm thinking about a partnership opportunity with your company. And I'd just love to hear, you know, what it is you want. And let me tell you something, hands down, you've now done more than 98% of the people who are going to come to them because most people come assuming that they know what they want. So you coming and asking and just saying, look, you know, here's why I don't want you to feel like I'm baiting and switching you. I really am just interested. I'm thinking about a partnership opportunity and I just love to get to know more about you and the organization. Hands down, you're going to get everything you need from that conversation. And they're going to be so grateful because remember, this is another human being. They're going to be so grateful that you're seeing them as a human and not seeing them as, you know, an ATM machine that they can just, you know, that they're just going to be shooting you cash all day long. Right. And that goes a long way. Let me tell you that advice for everyone listening, advice goes across the board for sponsors, Mm -hmm. social media influencers. I mean, every day I I was sharing you before, before we started a call, like I get right now, I think I'm up to maybe like, you know, on average week, seven to 10 people reaching out saying, Hey, how do I get on this podcast? You know? And it's the people who actually approach me with the value that they can bring to our community Mm -hmm. that actually get my attention. 90% of people, you know, approach me. I just wrote a book. I don't care that you just wrote a book. (laughs) Like everyone else that wants to get on this podcast just wrote a book. Like, what are you going to do to help my community be better? Right. What's in it for me? And I I love the within mindset and that approach. Like what, you know, what's in it for the person? You know, whether you're looking to get a job, it could be applied in that scenario. What can you bring to that employer? So I I think that mindset, it's a mindset that we need to have towards bringing value to the other side instead of thinking of ourselves first. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So one last question here before we jump into some resources. What's the worst thing to say in a negotiation process? Okay, the worst thing that you can say if you are not a, if you are a for-profit organization is how much you needed and Mm. please donate. Because once you say donate, we've moved from sponsorship to donor relations. And that's two totally different industries, believe it or not. They're very similar, but they're different. At that point, you've told them that basically they're not going to get a return on their investment. It's all about what they can do for you. Mm. Wow. Pay attention to the lingo, guys. 
<laughs> Love it. There is so much wisdom packed in this episode. You've provided us oh, so much mission feel. I'm loving it. Listen, before we get you off, our Blazer Nation loves to hear the resources of our featured guest. And so I wanted to invite you to share any books that you've read that you'd care to recommend with our community. Absolutely. Okay. So first things first, I really, really recommend reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. I know it's an older mm. book at this point, you know. No, it's recommended quite a bit. I, because yeah. I'm telling you, just to hear someone at that level who has accomplished things that many people aspire to accomplish, still talk about paralyzing fear that she has like today and still moving through fear is unreal because you're like okay wait now if Shonda can, you know, can do this <laughs> I can do this you know she gets scared yes. to speak you know it's okay that I'm scared to speak just still walk on stage you know and so I definitely love Year of Yes I recommend oh gosh I have so many favorites I really recommend spiritual books like I am huge and I'm not gonna you know because everybody's spiritual walk is different I will say this I love to read spiritual books by people like T.D. Jakes and things like that because while yes he is speaking from a Christian perspective he's also very big on mindset and he's very good with business you know and I love his books because they allow you the opportunity to really you know get in there and really like look at yourself and kind of check yourself like okay I need to step my game up or you know I need to really like let go of this and so I love his books. And I'll say the third for me, honestly, I like to read stories about people's lives. Like I, let me see, who would be my favorite right now? I, here's the thing. I have so many that I listen to because I actually listen to the books in the background. I don't know. I would say, you know. You're an audiobook person as well? Yes, I am. You know, I would say just anything by someone who you look at and you think, you know, I would love to sit down and have lunch with that person. Like I then pick up their book. And the reason that I do that is because a lot of times what we see, we idolize people. And so we see this perfect polished person. And then when you open up their book, it's like, whoa, you know, there's some heavy stuff here mm -hmm. that they had to come through. And I've had to come through heavy stuff and you've had to come through heavy, you know. So I will say those are probably my biggies, but definitely T.D. Jakes and Shonda Rhimes' book. Definitely. Love it. Love it. Love it. So last question. What's one action that our Blazonation hopping off this podcast episode should put into action this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? This week? First things first, I want you to get in the habit of inventorying your business every month and then really sit with it and look at it and find gratitude in that. Because when you are focused on the things that you're grateful for and it's all written out in front of you, it is really hard to get stuck in looking at you know what everyone else has in comparisons. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do that every month. I write down literally everything. And I'm not talking, you know, just things that are producing and things like that. It could be something as simple as I am happy that my email server didn't go down this week. Like, <laughs> you know, so really, you know, inventory your business, reliable email. If you have a brick and mortar business, you know, that we could afford to make you know, pay the lease, you know, whatever it is, inventory your business and then really look. And even if you post it up somewhere, just stay in gratitude because that is going to just propel your life so much forward and so much faster. 
Yes. You know, as you said, Ad, again, I come back to some of the things that aren't tangible, right? The intangibles mm-hmm. that, for example, a week ago, we published an episode and it was a little bit off the path of what I was putting out mm-hmm. for several weeks. And there's always that point where you kind of do something new and you think that, you know, there's the doubt that creeps, right? Yes. <laughs> and you said, you know, should I have done that episode? You know, like, I know it's great. And I felt it was great, but will everyone feel the same? Exactly. And our editor reached out to me and said, hey, you know, this episode really impacted me, right? <gasps> and before he even published it. the episode, he was like, you know, Stephen, I connected to this in such a great way. And, you know, I I tell you, you know, and week in and week out, there are people that will reach out to me for the very first time that have listened to the podcast for months on end, right? Mm-hmm. And I value those individuals you know because you'll see thousands of downloads <laughs> right, right for an episode right. Right? but oftentimes i can put you know a number behind you know a couple dozen right, right? Exactly. individuals that i know for sure are listening to those episodes but i appreciate and have gratitude for those yes. simple moments yes. right where there is direct connection and i know direct impact and influence because they have consumed yes. that content right so love that. Before we wrap up, tell us, Kiana, you've done an amazing job of, again, pouring out some mission field tonight. Tell us how we can stay connected and continue to feed off your, your black girl magic. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Everywhere online, I am either Kiana Murray or Kiana T. Murray. So on Facebook, you can go to Kiana Murray, Twitter, Kiana Murray. Instagram, I'm Kiana T. Murray. And it's funny because my husband's cousin is actually Kiana Murray, which is hilarious. No way. (laughs) Who could have done this? Like, you know, who could have done this, right? (laughs) So, but yes. So find me online. If you want to get your feet wet with sponsorship without making any type of monetary investment, I invite you to take my free sponsorship mini course, because that is really going to get you first of all, in the mindset of shifting from looking at your business as the CEO to looking at your business as a partnership vehicle with corporations. So it really is an amazing tool for you. Plus, it's going to help you get your first sponsor in just like five days. So <laughs> I definitely that's awesome. say go ahead and look at that. That's at sponsorshipminicourse.com, just sponsorshipminicourse.com. And it's a good way to really see what the time and energy investment is for sponsorship and if it's right for you right now or something that maybe you want to look at in a few months, you know, without having to really invest a lot of time and money. Right. Love it. Love it. Keanu Murray, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. I feel so honored, Stephen. This has been amazing. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved 
to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.